0: This is Julie D. and you're listening to the Nordonia We Need to Talk Podcast Network, brought to you by Nordoniahills.news, recorded in the Gary
1: Miller Studio. Cleveland Sports Podcast starts now.
0: Hi, welcome to the Cleveland Sports Show with Brady and Darius. I am Brady. And I'm Darius. Today we will be talking about both of our high school football teams and how they've been doing this regular season. And we will move into how Ohio State got their first loss last weekend. And then we will be moving into the Cleveland Browns and how their season has been going and the rest of the NFL for this week. And finally, we both will be going on a
1: huge rant about the Cavs and their awful start. Now, uh, let's be, let's begin with the uh, high school football stats. Uh, the Nordonia Knights concluded their regular season last night with a thrashing of the Twinsburg Tigers by a score of 35-7. to The Knights finish their season... Uh, with a with an overall record of nine wins and one loss. They will be hosting a playoff division game uh, this upcoming Friday. Um, they will be facing the uh, football team from Riverside, and will be looking to get out of the first round of the playoffs. Um, so we'll keep you updated with Knights football, but we're going to head to Brady and how Garfield Heights has been doing um, in their season so far. Garfield Heights faced off against Normandy High School last night, and they
0: ended up with a final score of 52-8. to The score was 52-8 at halftime, so not much was needed in the second half. Garfield finished 10-0 and for the first time in 41 years for the school, and they have a home playoff game this Friday at 7 p.m. Garfield has the top-five defense in Ohio. And has a top 15 offense in Ohio. So they are one of the top teams in Ohio and hopefully they could go far. Now to move into college. Ohio State lost their first game l- last week at Purdue. And a huge upset loss. The final score was 49-20 and was an awful performance by Urban Meyer's Ohio State team. It was very disgusting to watch and it shocked everybody. Ohio State is now ranked 11th in the nation, and they will be, and they will, especially have to win out if they want a shot at the college football playoff. Now let's go on and move on to the Browns. The Browns are 2-4-1 and and on the season so far, and this is a, a very good improvement for the Browns, who were an 0-16 team last year. There are still many questions around the team, including the head coach Hugh Jackson, as many people want him gone. Personally, I don't get why they want him gone. He won them two games so far this year, two more than last year. And he went one and thirty one in his first two years, so I don't think he should have came back this year, but he's doing I think he's doing just fine. The Browns have the have played five overtime games, tied one and they won one. The Browns just lost to the Buccaneers last Sunday to a a game-winning field goal by the Buccaneers' kicker with his career long. And that was one of the most Browns things they could lose to. Baker Mayfield has been playing well, but he has been also playing like a rookie. So so a lot of people expected this from him, and he's doing just fine for his first year. The Browns play at the Pittsburgh Steelers tomorrow at 1 p.m. And Pittsburgh is favored by 8.5 points. The Pittsburgh Steelers are 3-2-1 and two and one with that tie coming against the Browns in Week 1. So this is a Week 1 rematch, and I think the Steelers will be coming out on top big time tomorrow against the Browns. For the rest of the NFL, the Miami Dolphins play the Houston Texans on Thursday night. And they got killed 42-23. to that makes the Houston Texans five and three on the year. After after a zero three start, they have now won their past five games. And for the Miami Dolphins, on the other hand, they started off three zero, you know, and they have now been one and four in their past five games, which puts them at four and four on the year. And why I think of that game is that the Houston Texans are a very dangerous team and probably one of the top teams in the AFC besides Houston and Kansas City. And for Miami, they just have a lot of injuries going on for them right now, and once they get healthy, I think they will be a decent team trying to make a playoff run for a wild card spot. Now for tomorrow's games and tomorrow's picks. The Philadelphia Eagles play at the Jacksonville Jaguars, but the game is in London. For the second week in a row, the NFL has hosted an NFL game in London. Both teams are 3-4, and and both of these teams were in their conference championships last year. So this has been a very bad start for both teams. But I see the Eagles coming out on top late in the game, but it's going to be a very close one. I think with Carson wins, that's going to be too much for the Jags' defense, who has been struggling all year long to handle. Then for at Kansas City, I think Kansas City is the best offense in the league by far for me. And you could definitely argue that the Rams have a very good offense just like the Chiefs, but the person that gives me the edge between these two offenses is Patrick Mahomes, who has been on fire this year. He's been one of the top quarterbacks in the league, and I have to see him leading the Chiefs to another easy victory over the Broncos at home. The Washington Dreskings at the New York Giants. The New York Giants have been one of the most disappointing teams in the league this year. They are off to a 1-6 and six start, And there have been many questions about what they should do with Elon Manning in that quarterback position. And the Redskins, on the other hand, have been surprising a lot of people. And they are off to a 4-2 start after a big win against the Dallas Cowboys last weekend at home. They are on the road this week at the Giants. I could see an upset brewing for this game with the Giants on top. But I'm going with the Redskins here. I think they are the better overall team. I think the Giants have more superstars, but I think the Redskins are more rounded and well put together. The Seahawks at the Lions. This is a very interesting game to be watched tomorrow. The game is in Detroit and both teams are 3-3 and on the year. People expected both of these teams to fall off this year a little bit, but Detroit has beaten New England at home. My, at Miami, so I think they have put together a lot of good games since their week one blowout loss to the Jets. I see the Lions winning this game at home, coming off a huge win against Miami last week. The Buccaneers at the Bengals. The Bengals got blown out last Sunday night at Kansas City, and it was an, a huge embarrassment for what was thought to be a good team this year. They are now 4-3 on the year going up against the Buccaneers 3-3 team. This is another game that I think could go either way, but I see the Bengals going on to win this game by by at least a touchdown only because they're at home and they're a good team at home. The Jets at the Bears. The Jets are 3-4 and and the Bears are 3-3. and The Bears started off 3-1 and but have lost 2 straight games. Last week, they came one yard short of tying the New England Patriots at the, on the final play of the game. And I see the Bears, and this Bears defense has slowed down a little bit the past two weeks, but I find them finding their groove back this week against uh young Jets offense. I see the Bears winning at home big time. The Ravens at the Panthers. This is a huge game for both teams looking for a playoff spot this year. The Ravens are 4-3 and three and the Panthers are 4-2. and two. Baltimore's on the road this week, and I say that they get this upset win over Carolina. The Colts at the Raiders. This is probably going to be one of the worst games of this week. The Raiders are have just traded Amari Cooper to the Dallas Cowboys. So they're shopping anybody they could. They are just rebuilding, and their season is definitely done. The Colts are 2-5. and five. And you could say the same thing about them. But, see, but Andrew Luck and that offense is more well-rounded put together than the Raiders. And I think the Colts come out on top. The 49ers at the Cardinals. I think this is also one of the the worst games of this week. The 49ers lost quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo early in the season and have not won a game since. Both teams are 1-6. This game is in Arizona. I think it's going to be a bad game to watch. I really don't know who to pick, but I'm going to go with the 49ers just because I think they're just because I think Arizona is awful right now. Green Bay at the Los Angeles Rams. The Los Angeles Rams are the final undefeated team left in the NFL at 7-0. The Packers are at a struggling 3 and 2 and 1. They almost lost at home to the 49ers last week on Monday night but I think the Packers are a lot better team than their record says. Even with Aaron Aaron Rodgers, I just see the Rams being too much for this Packers defense to handle and the Rams come out on top by 10. The Saints at the Vikings, which is my game of the week to watch. This is a rematch of the Stephon Diggs last last year at the NFL Divisional round. I say the Saints come out on top, and I think the Saints... It's the second best team in the NFC behind the Rams. And the Saints were my early season pick to go to the Super Bowl, and I'm still sticking with that. I think the Vikings have a very good offense, with Adam Thielen leading all receivers this year, and he's having a great year. And Kirk Cousins is also having a great year. But I think the Saints offense is going to be too much for that Vikings defense to handle, who have also been struggling this year. The Saints come out on top. And Monday night to finish off week eight, the New England Patriots visit the Buffalo Bills. And I think this is going to be a blowout win for the Patriots, an easy win, and that's all I have to say about that game. And that's why I have to say about this week for the NFL, and now we'll be moving on to talk about the Cavs and their atrocious 0-5 start.
1: Yeah, Brady, I will be 100% honest with you. I did not expect the Cavs to be a top dog in the East this season. I didn't expect them um, to, you know, really make a ton of noise in the East this year. But I'll be 100% honest with you. I expected a little bit more from this team. Just given the talent that they have on paper, they've obviously shown that they cannot work together. These last few games have just been appalling. They've been humiliating and shameful performances for the Cavaliers, especially at home. Their first home game, which was opening night against the Atlanta Hawks, they let rookie Trey Young go off for 35 uh, points um, in 38 minutes. And then they, they, you know, I don't know if you watched that game or not, when they blew that 15-point lead and they eventually lost by... 22. They got outscored by um, 28 to 26 in the third quarter, and then were just completely blown apart, t- and taken apart in the fourth quarter. Uh, they were outscored by 16, and then you know it didn't get any better against the Brooklyn Nets this past Wednesday. Um, and again, that third quarter just destroyed them and took the, all the energy out of the building, if there any, if there even any, was any energy to start with in the queue. They got outscored by 21 points in the third quarter. Um, they let Joe Harris go off for 16 points. You know, I'm I'm just extremely frustrated, and I'm just contemplating whether we might we might actually go 0 82 this season. But you know, I know that won't happen because it is an 82 game uh, schedule. There will be wins for the Cavaliers. But uh, remember I made a prediction. Uh, I remember when uh, a fan, Gino, asked me a couple weeks ago, Hey, Darius, how many th- games do you think the Cavs will win this season? And I said, well, uh, given the talent that we have, and this was before the season started, I said maybe about 30 games. I honestly don't know if we'll win even 20. We might actually be the as bad as the Cavs were, you know, a season before LeBron c- came into his rookie year, you know, when the Cavs were you know, 17-win team, we might actually be that horrendous once more. And Kevin Love, you know, is our only all-star. I mean, he's been... he's been reasonable. His stats have been... his stats have been fair. He's averaged 34 minutes, 19 points. Um, He's averaged about 3 assists Um, and 14 rebounds per game. But if your best player, your all-star... Is averaging those kind of stats, your team is not winning. I mean, look at James Harden. James Harden last year was averaging 29 points. Um, you know, Chris Paul is, a- is averaging more than Kevin Love right now. So, you know, given the fact that Kevin Love's averages, like I said, are fair, he's the be- He, you know, he doesn't have a LeBron James or a Kyrie Irving anymore. He's the leading the team on his shoulders. And he's obviously proving right now that although he is talented, he cannot lead this team, you know, to a win. And tonight they play the Indiana Pacers at home. And, you know, just the scare they gave the Cavs, you know, if you remember last year in the playoffs, taking it to a seven-game series and the emergence of Victor Oladipo, I don't see the Cavs winning their first game tonight. Um, like I said, it's just this this first week for the Cavs has just been absolutely shocking, not to mention humiliating. Um, This upcoming week for the Cavs, they will face the uh, Hawks again at the queue this upcoming Tuesday, uh, and then they will face the Nuggets this upcoming Thursday. I think the Cavs have the potential to get their first win of the season this uh, upcoming Tuesday against the Hawks, but when the Hawks came to town uh, on opening night, I had the same feelings, and then the Cavaliers got blown out by 22 points. So with this team, we really never know, and the Nuggets, who are have are on a roll uh, to start off the season, uh, also come to the queue this Thursday. Uh, I see an easy win for the Nuggets here, just given the fact of the horrendous performances that I've seen from the Cavaliers so far, and generally... Brady, uh, these last few weeks when I've seen Cavs games, I I generally say, you know, who's who are the two players who have really stood out? Um, and I, I actually even have on my discussion pad for today, who has stood out this week for the Cavs uh, when I created this pad on Monday just to get myself set up for today's podcast. And I'll be 100% honest with you, no one has stood out because everyone has been so appalling. Um you could make the case that Jordan Clarkson has been giving the Cavs some great minutes and i think he's been playing well but i said that last week and the results just aren't showing up the ca- the one positive that i will take from the Cavs though is that their are three road games so far they've actually managed to keep to sustain um to sustain some momentum and actually they haven't lost by you know Massive amounts. You know, opening night they only lost to Toronto by 12. They um, lost by a very small margin to the Minnesota Timberwolves, and then they only lost by seven in their last game against Detroit um, at Little Caesars Arena. So I will I will say that the one positive for the Cavs this season, but uh, is the fact that they have been able to compete on the road. But given the fact that their home performances have just been absolutely um atrocious, you know. Um, I honestly don't think the Cavs will make the playoffs. And I even said that they have a great chance to make the playoffs this year, um, uh, and get one of the low seats, but given their performance, I just don't think it's gonna happen. Again, like you said,
0: for one of my one of my only positives coming out of this season so far, is that we've scored over a hundred points in every game besides the Wednesday night game against Brooklyn. So I'm, I think the offense is doing decent, decent. We need Kevin Love to step up big time. And we expected him to, you know, come back and step up this year without LeBron. He's put up good numbers without LeBron in recent history. But I don't know what's wrong with this team. I don't know that we would be this bad without LeBron. It's just, it's basically the same roster as last year. We just lost LeBron. We just lost that one huge player, and that's making a huge impact on this team. And, you know, I see all these players tweeting out, you know, we're still fighting, they're not giving up. And I like what the players are saying and what they're doing. And I think they're working hard. And I think this tonight they're going to show up big time. They're going to keep it close. You know, I think Indiana's going to be too much for us to handle. Indiana's 3-2, and two, so they're off to a decent start for them. But they almost beat us in seven games last year, and we had LeBron. Just imagine what they could do to us tonight without LeBron. But, you know, being at home, I think they want to turn things around. I don't think they will tonight. I think they can keep it close like they did against Detroit. But we'll see what happens. And then, like you said, Tuesday, I think that's going to be our first win of the season. You know, I said that last Sunday against Atlanta. That's going to be our first first win of the season. But it did not happen. And, you know, hopefully we'll find an answer to stop Trey Young. And... If we don't win Tuesday, the next win, I think I think we have two good chances. On November 3rd and November 5th, we play at the Charlotte Hornets and at the Orlando Magic. But, you know, we're on the road, so you don't know how it's going to turn out. But we have been playing good on the road so far this year. We came from behind against Toronto, Minnesota, and Detroit. But we cannot finish it off at the end. And I think we need to see more more from Kevin Love and especially Tristan Thompson. Tristan Thompson has been a huge disappointment this year. I thought he would step up big time. But, you know, him and Larry Nance need to step up. Larry Nance, he's been doing good. I think he's been doing good for him. But I still want more from Larry Nance. I want him to take over the starting job from Tristan Thompson. And I, and I like what Colin Sexton has been doing a lot, coming off the bench behind George Hill. And George Hill, I think he's been one of the biggest disappointments this year, also. But Colin Sexton, and Jordan Clarkson, I think those are going to be our two point guards at the end of the year. I think George Hill and Kyle Corver will be both be will both be traded before the trade deadline. I think they want some draft picks unless this team somehow is 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 in the um missed up the playoff race around the trade deadline. Then I don't think they shot but you know, this has been a huge disappointment. I did not think we would be this bad. And when we first lo- lost LeBron, I was thinking, you know what, maybe we could make a six, seven, or eight seed. Like a low seed, right? But um before the season started, about I say two weeks ago, I went through my NBA season predictions and, you know, I just looked at a raw start roster and looked at other team rosters and I predicted us to fall out of the playoffs at about the 10th seed and I, and I had Detroit finishing above us in the division and I think Detroit showed that, it's showing that so far this season as they are off to a good start, Blake Griffin, Andre Drum- Drummond they beat Philadelphia, so you know the slow start, I didn't expect this much of a slow start but you know, they're pointing like a fourth-place team like I expected.
1: And to get uh, back on your point uh, when you discussed in the beginning of your analysis when you said um, that they're staying positive, of course, that's actually that's an awesome thing to do. Um, about an hour ago today, and I'm actually looking at the Cavs' Twitter feed um, where they're saying, where Rodney Hood said, we're fighting, we're giving ourselves a chance. Um, and J.R. Smith says, uh, Swiss Saturday... Um, back home Saturday night for, uh, Saturday night, back home for Saturday night hoops. So the positivity within the locker room looks, uh, like it's still there. Um, but we're both, you know, we both know, uh, we, we both take the NBA seriously and we both really know what's going to happen. Um, I think that the Cavs, I think they know deep down that, you know, there's, there's, there's no chance, you know, um, you know. If they did have LeBron and they were in this situation, one, they wouldn't be 0 and five. Um, and two, because they have LeBron, I would give them a chance. But you know, because they don't have a bona fide leader out there with them every night, I I just don't give them a chance. And um, you said George Hill and uh, Kyle Korver uh, might be traded during the trade trade deadline. And actually, they'll be pretty lucky if that happens to them to them, given the you know given the start that the Cavaliers have had this season. Um, And I just don't think they'll be able to turn it around. Um, I like what you said about Colin Sexton, how he and Clarkson are going to be the two-point guards of the future for this franchise. But given the fact that George Hill hasn't been performing well, I think Sexton has to take up more responsibility as a rookie and uh, really contribute more offensively um, because he's obviously proven that he can't really do much defensively so he has to you know be able to balance that out and contribute on the offensive end and with the 0-5 start in our division we're already five games behind first place
0: the Bucks have a 5-0 start the Pistons have a 4-0 start and I think the Pistons that's the most shocking start that I've seen from any team in the
1: league this year I was shocked by Blake Griffin's 50 points against Philadelphia yeah that was absolutely insane that was a
0: huge game and for Philadelphia, they're off to a two and three start. So I, I had Philadelphia against Boston in the East Finals this year in my predictions, but Philadelphia is two and three, and Boston is three and two, and the team that's six and zero oh is Toronto. And that's the team that I thought would fall off a little bit without DeMar, DeRozan, but Kawhi Leonard has came in and he stepped up a huge time for Toronto, and they're off to a great start. And they are off to a, a much better start than I expected from them.
1: Exactly, and um. But to get on your point, I think the I'll be honest with you. I am a little disappointed in the Celtics. This uh, the Celtics were for sure one of the teams that I was looking forward to watching the most, given the fact that Gordon Hayward was coming back. Um, and when they lost to the Magic at home this past Monday, ninety three ninety, you know, I was sitting, I was sitting on my couch thinking, well, you know, you know, this isn't going to be given for the Celtics. They're going to actually, they're they're going to have to compete, and the game against the Thunder uh, in Oklahoma City that the Celtics played this past Thursday, um, it gave me it gave me hope again that this is a team who can compete. Yes, I know the Thunder are really struggling. They're they are they were zero and four after that Celtics game. Um, so you know there's there's that factor, but I think the Celtics, who were down 16 at halftime, came back to win by six. Um, it showed me that when this team gets it going you know they're a threat to go to the finals and I'll I'll be honest with you as fantastic as Kawhi Kawhi Leonard and the Raptors have been I think come playoff time Eastern Conference finals time uh, I think Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward will be able to outweigh um, Kawhi Leonard just given the fact that the Celtics have a deeper bench um, we know that the bench unit of Toronto brings damage but the bench of Boston is so much more talented and given the fact that the sixers have been you know very uh, very mediocre this year so far um they're like you said they're two and three um we you know we also there it's not just those three teams with so the Celtics the Raptors and the Sixers i think given the fact that Milwaukee and Detroit have both had fantastic starts on their season so far um you know those are two teams who could also um make some noise come playoff time and i'm going to be very interested to see um what Detroit's going to be able to do since they haven't uh they didn't make the playoffs last um in the last two seasons um but to get back on the Cavs uh I don't know if you know this but the Cavs are in the last place in the Eastern Conference. They are the equivalent to the Brexville Broadview Heights high school football team right now. They are that they're that horrible. Um so I just I just wanted to point that out as well the fact that they're last place um from the eastern conference these are the eastern conference champions we're talking about here the defending four time defending eastern conference champions and you know last place in the eastern conference you know just shows you that they're not they're not winning the eastern conference crown they're not even making the playoffs this year very disappointing
0: and that shows you how great lebron truly is and you know lebron he went to the lakers and they started off 0 three so they've struggled too but they've picked up they won two straight games and I think they beat Denver the other night, right? They did, yeah. Yeah, so that was a huge win at home for them. And LeBron, he's been pretty up slow. I mean, I think he's been putting up slow numbers for him so far. But what I saw from the Spurs game on Monday night, so what I saw from him since the Monday night game against the Spurs when he lost the game for the Lakers in overtime by missing two free throws, he's been playing much much better since then, you know. He's put up uh, his first triple double in a Lakers uniform, and they've won two straight games. So I think the Lakers have found their groove. You know they're gonna keep rolling now. I think they make the playoffs as a 60. You know I don't see them moving on in the playoffs, but you know I see the Lakers being pretty good this year, decent. You know, and I think they need to add one more superstar for them. To get past Golden State to even have a chance against Golden State, and with Golden State, you know they start off five and one. Everybody has expected this kind of start for Golden State, and in my season predictions, I, I'm predicting Boston to beat Golden State in the finals in seven games. But right now, I'm not just seeing enough from Boston to find that being true. But once again, we're only four or five, you know, six games into the season. This is an 81, 82 game season. So this is going to be a very long season, and we're only about a week and a half in, so we have a lot longer to go.
1: Dude, uh, speaking of the Warriors, did you uh, hear about that 51-point game Steph Curry had against the Wizards? I did, and it was only three quarters, yeah. and he had to do it. I mean, I saw the highlights. The, I mean, he would just take any shot and would just surprisingly make it. Um, And to talk about the Warriors, if the Celtics were... To have a chance to beat the Warriors, they would need home court advantage. Um, so Game 7 would have to be at the TD Garden uh, if the Celtics wanted a chance to win. I just think the Oracle crowd is way too much, um, especially now with Kevin Durant there in Golden State and DeMarcus Cousins. It's The Celtics will have a much better chance to win a Game 7 at home than they would um, on the road and speaking of lebron he's been playing well for the lakers he's averaged about 36 minutes 26 points He um, he shot f- 48% from the field um his three point shooting has um been uh rather his his downside to the, his stat line uh, it's only about at 17% but i'm sure that is to improve um and he's averaged about nine assists he actually recorded his first triple double with the lakers uh this past thursday in their, uh, first home win against the Nuggets. Um, he had 28 points in that game. He did, like I said, his three-point shooting was the downside. He only shot, um, 20%. He was one for five. Um, but he did record, along with his 28 points, 11 rebounds, 11 assists, and 3 steals. So, although I was a little bit worried when the Lakers started out 0-3, um, given these past two wins, um, that, that makes them 2-3, and three, um... I, I my hope is back within them and they actually play the Spurs tonight in San Antonio um so we're going to get to see what Demar DeRozan is going to be able to do against uh LeBron James especially the fact that you know the, the Demar DeRozan and the Raptors in past seasons have had um have been very scared of LeBron and it, it's shown because the Cavaliers beat them in every playoff series um sweeping two of them so I'm I'm gonna be very interested to see if the Lakers are gonna be able to um, even up their record, because as of now they are in 11th place in the Western Conference, and we know last year, remember when the Western Conference was um, the um, the standings were so small, um, so the point differentials were so tiny, and you know if you lost a game you could move down a couple spots. So the Lakers, if they want to be able to make the playoffs, they should not be able to find themselves in that they don't want to get themselves in that position.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: And you know, with the Lakers, they're they're still a very young team
0: and they've added LeBron to the roster which is a huge addition. You know, I see the Lakers and Cavs being very similar and just having LeBron is making that big difference for both teams. And, you know, this is a long season long season once again. You know, there's a lot of good early action going on for the NBA right now. You know, I'm excited to see what happens moving forward for this week, especially with the Cavs. I think they'll find their first win this week.
1: And um, I actually have another question that I wanted to ask you. I wanted to get your opinion on this. So, um, yesterday, the Houston Rocker- Rockets offered their uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves four first-round draft picks uh, for Jimmy Butler. Now, I'll get into my opinion of this, but I just wanted to uh, see how you felt about this offer. Uh, I thought... When I first read that, I
0: thought that was a fake offer. You know, I thought that was a fake alert. You know, I thought somebody was messing around. Well, it ended up being looking like it was pretty serious and that actually happened. And I think that is crazy that they offered that much for Jimmy Butler. One player. And they already have James Harden. So where are they going to fit him? Small forward, I guess. But still, I don't think Jimmy Butler is worth four first-round picks. Maybe two. Maybe maybe 2 okay but 4 i think that's too crazy to offer you know i i still don't think that's true you know but apparently it is and if it is true
1: that's just i think that is stupid for to be offered that much for jimmy butler and i like i mean jimmy butler has the mindset of a winner that's why he's not satisfied with the timberwolves this uh this season um but uh this this is an instance where I'm going to agree with you. I think that especially the roster problem that it's going to create. I mean you already have Carmelo Anthony and you and the Houston Rockets have a stacked guard system. They already have, you know, Chris Paul and James Harden as their starting uh backcourt. And then they have Gerald Green, they have Eric Gordon. I just don't see where Jimmy Butler is going to fit and you're giving you're basically giving away four first round draft picks for a roster problem that's not a good trade now if if, because if the Houston Rockets really want a great player they have to really use those because everyone wants a four first round picks you know how valuable first round picks are in the NBA draft so the Rockets are going to have to use that to their advantage and get the best out of those picks if they're going to trade for it so and I think they're going to have to get someone in the forward position um for example, I think if they want, they could um, trade for Anthony yeah. Davis. They could trade for um, maybe DeAndre Jordan. I'm just throwing out possibilities here. Or this might be the craziest of the possibilities I'm going to throw out right now. What if the Houston Rockets wait for the season to be over? Because Kevin Durant's going to be a free agent this upcoming year. So what if the Houston Rockets wait and. Kevin Durant wants out. The Warriors will be desperate. So the Warriors will trade Kevin Durant for the f- four first-round draft picks. I mean that 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 might be a possibility. Um like it's most likely not going to happen. Um the NBA and the Houston Rockets would there be a stacked team. Um it most likely won't happen. But um speaking of free agency, I think Klay Thompson as a free agent should go to the Los Angeles Lakers. I mean, because I've been hearing rumors about that, and I actually think Klay Thompson on the Lakers would be a very nice fit with Rondo with LeBron. Because what the lake, the one thing the Lakers are missing right now is a spot-up shooter. And yes, Kuzma, Kyle Kuzma can give you that, but Kyle Kuzma is also more of a forward, and he doesn't, he's not as He's not as great of a defender as Klay Thompson is, so I think the three, the, the Lakers really need a three and D guy. And I think because Klay Thompson's going to be a free agent, I think um, it's the Lakers' best interest to try and acquire him. Like, what are, what are your thoughts on that?
0: You know, I think Klay Thompson. You know, I think he is going to stay with the Warriors, in my opinion. I think it's going to be more likely Kevin Durant or Anthony Davis going to the Lakers instead of Klay Thompson. But I do like what you're saying how it it makes it does make a lot of sense for the for the Lakers to pick up Clay Thompson but in my opinion I don't think they will. I think it'd rather be Kawhi Leonard, Kevin Durant, or Anthony Davis. I think it's going to be one of those three going to the Lakers in the offseason or being traded there. You know, I think the Warriors they're going to stick together for at least one more year after this. You know, I think they'll only lose one player out of Curry, Thompson, Durant, Bucky now.
1: Who do you think that one player will be that they lose?
0: I think personally I think it would I think it would be KD. I think KD is gonna you know, I I like the possibility of KD leaving the Warriors to go join LeBron on the Lakers. You know, I don't know how LeBron would like that or how it would work outside of the media, but you know, I think that's a that would make the Lakers an ultimate contender in the West. I think that would bring the Warriors out of the championship talk. I mean, without KD, who's probably arguably the best player after LeBron, you know, you have Anacumbo in the East, but you know, I think KD he he brings that winning mentality to your to your team, and with LeBron, I think they'll be unstoppable.
1: Well, no question, they'll be unstoppable. I think if Kevin Durant Kevin Durant should go to the Eastern Conference. Um, If he doesn't go back to Oklahoma City, um, he has to go to the Eastern Conference because I was thinking maybe he could make his own, you know, like a little LeBron chapter where he goes back to OKC and tries to win a championship for them. But I think because Durant is older now, I think it makes more sense for him to go to the East. And, you know, I've been thinking about this one destination spot that might suit Kevin Durant could be the Boston Celtics. You know, I'm thinking... With Gordon Hayward and Kevin Durant as your front court, plus Kyrie Irving and Al Horford, that's for sure the team of the East. And now, because LeBron's in the West, Kevin Durant can dominate the East. You know, he doesn't have to go up in the conference finals against LeBron. He can go up in the finals against LeBron if he wanted to. So I think that, you know, if if you're Kevin Durant, the Celtics should be um, an option for you in free agency next season. Yeah, and I think the Celtics,
0: I've also heard that they're pursuing Anthony Davis this off during the season to join Kyrie Irving, Gordon Hayward, and that would make a, a very good team also. So, you know, I think Boston's gonna also going to pick up one, one more key guy. But, you know, the one team that we're all missing out on is the 76ers. Like, nobody is really saying anything about them signing anybody in the offseason or trading anybody. So, you know, I think it's interesting to see how their season goes and what, they, what their plans are. But, you know, we're talking about free agency and the season just started, so we have a long season to go. And, you know, I'd like to save some of this talk for later. on. Yeah. Now for the World Series. The Boston Red Sox are playing against the Los Angeles Dodgers and the Boston Red Sox have home field advantage as they beat the Houston Astros and the ALCS. So far, the Boston Red Sox have a 2-1 to series lead. The Boston The Red Sox took their first two games at home against L.A. And it wasn't really close at all. And then last night, things have changed a lot. It was the longest game in playoff history by innings and the length of time. It was an 18-inning game, and Max Bumsey hit a walk-off home run in the bottom of the 18th to send the Dodgers home as a 3-2 winner to make this series 2-1. Two to one. Tonight is game four, and I expect the Dodgers to win this one, tie it back up, and my prediction is that the Dodgers win seven games after they lost after they lost in seven games last year to the Astros. And for me, I think the Dodgers' offense is going to overpower that Boston Red Sox pitching.
1: I'll be honest with you. I think the Red Sox have control of this series because if you if the Dodgers needed an 18 game in an 18 inning game to beat the Red Sox by one point by one run then it shows you that the Boston Red Sox you know um they have they have the better talent against the Dodgers and I think that the Red Sox will win this in five games I think they'll bounce back from the loss um last night um that technically ended this morning, but uh, I think they'll be able to bounce back from Game Three, win Game Four, and then win Game Five.
0: Yeah, don't forget these, that these—that tonight's game is in LA. So I think that home field advantage for the Dodgers is gonna give a huge advantage for them. So. Well,
1: don't forget they did need an eighteen inning, an eighteen inning game, and they only beat the Dodgers by one. Also, think, so, think by about
0: it. this: that Boston couldn't beat. The Dodgers last night, 18 innings either. So, you know, great pitching by the Dodgers last night to s- slow down that Boston offense, too. Was great in their first two games. You know, I think this is going to be a good series moving on four. I think it's going to be close. And I think the Dodgers' pitching has the edge. It's just my opinion,
1: but Dodgers in seven. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with Red Sox in five. But, uh, last uh but certainly not least the MLS regular season is coming to a close. Um the same teams that I've mentioned in the past are still in the are the top contenders. However, um like you know, say, same as the past few weeks, the um point differentials for the top teams have been um very uh very um what's the word here? They've been um, very tiny um the some of the, the um in the, for example in the eastern conference um Atlanta United and the New York Red Bulls have a one point um, difference in their points in their total number of points um Outla- Atlanta is in first place with 69 points uh New York um is right there with 68 points so those are the top two teams so far in the eastern conference and then the western conference um the difference between first and second place is only two points. And Sporting Kansas City is in first place um, with Los Angeles FC um, in second place with 57 points. And FC Talus are tied, are tied with Los Angeles for 57 points. Um, the last day of the regular season will be Halloween. Um, so ha- eat some candy and watch some soccer, I guess. Uh, or not, I guess. But eat yes, for sure. Eat some candy and watch some soccer. Um, and then we have our final game. The final uh, of the MLS Cup will be set, um, December eighth. Um, and that concludes uh, the uh, what the uh, MLS updates. Uh, we will keep you posted with uh, any more news uh, in the upcoming weeks about the MLS. And last but not least, before we close out our show. Um I would just like to remind all of you fans uh just to thank you guys for listening in every week. We really appreciate uh you guys taking the time uh to listen to Brady and I give our um analysis on different sports. Um we again we really appreciate that. Um if you're interested, please follow me uh, on Twitter at @nordonia sports uh Daria Sefna and also follow uh, Nordoniahills.news on Twitter. Um, we also have some other great work done on NordoniaHills.News with uh, DJ Resch, Wilson Riley, and Jacob Melenzik, So make sure you also check out their great work uh, along with Brady and I's podcast.
0: And that will be it for this week for the Cleveland Sports Show. We'll see you next time.